This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Today on the TMZ Podcast. Welcome to the TMZ Podcast. Jason. Eric here. Eric Kelly Rowland, we got her yesterday. We did. She had some interesting things to say about her full-throated support of Chris Brown. Yeah, so of course at the American Music Awards, Chris Brown won favorite male R&B artist, and she accepted for him, he wasn't there, and got some booze from the audience, and she quieted down and scolded the crowd, uh, saying, you know, just chill out, and then she said Chris was making great R&B and he was a great performer, so we got her out after some backlash against that, and she's sticking by it, and sticking by Chris, and she says... Grace is a very real thing. Everybody deserves a second chance. Everybody deserves grace. And we need to forgive and move on. I agree with the principle that Kelly Rowland's setting out here, that we definitely deserve second chances. There's no sin too great to, that you can ever be forgiven yeah. for it, right? As long as you're, you're, you're sincere in your, in your seeking of forgiveness and your apology. I'm not sure Chris Brown is, is really the right person for this because... Yes, his biggest sin, the one that we know the most about, is the beating of Rihanna, and it was horrific. That's that's what most people are still angry at him about. Right. And that's been almost 14 years ago. It's almost 14 years, and, and in truth, Chris Brown has come out and apologized. Mm-hmm. He was convicted. He did five years of probation. That was a sentence passed yeah. down by the court. We can argue whether that was sufficient, but that's irrelevant. He did his time. He did his paid time. Paid his price. Paid his price to, to society. Um, and now, you know, Kelly Rowland's point and the point of Chris Brown and many others is that's a long enough period of time. We understand you, you never have to forgive him for that entirely, but it's time to move on and be happy for him when he wins an award and not boo people who are supporting him. Yeah. But. <laughs> but. You've got a but there. Uh, I've got a but here because I did go through, and I'm not saying this from a point of view. I'm saying it from we need to not look at Chris Brown's past sins as being limited to the Rihanna. It, yeah, it's not just that. For people who have an issue with him, it, it's, it's bigger than that. It's bigger than that. And for the 10 years after that, from about February of 2009, when the, uh, just before the Grammys, mm-hmm. when the Rihanna thing happened, through May of 2018, I went through and I counted up at least 12 indiscretions, some small and some large. And by the way, these don't include Chris Brown because he's a celebrity and because by his own doing, he made himself a target for a lot of people. He has been accused of many things and later fully exonerated for them. There was one woman who came forward and accused him of beating her, sexually assaulting her. Yeah. She was apparently never even, they were never yeah, together. That, that was just, he's an easy target. It's easy to say something because you know a lot of people are inclined to believe whatever you say because he has that track record. Right. And just, just to give a, 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 just off the top so we can have a, a top so we can have an honest conversation. He ha, In Mar- uh, March 2011, he was invited to Good Morning America. This is one many people remember. Uh, he was to be asked about the Rihanna meeting, he didn't want to answer the questions, right. and so he threw a giant fit, had a meltdown, ended up throwing a chair out of a, the window of a high-rise, could have killed somebody on the ground. Sure. The, the aftermath of the broken detritus of the chair, plus the broken glass all over whatever street boulevard in New York it was, is pr- pretty pretty alarming. 
Uh, he's uh, three times been accused of ter- ripping a cell phone out of somebody's hand while they were trying to take a picture of him on a public street and, and destroying the phone. He punched, we, got, we got video of him in 2015 punching a guy during a pickup basketball game right in the face. It was not a mutual combat situation. He kind of walked up and, and cold clocked the guy. Um, he's been a couple of times accused of threatening women. Um, he's been accused of sexual assault in other cases, other times. Often these, cases have, these, tr- these charges have been dismissed uh, through settlement agreements. There have been civil suits filed against him. There have been criminal charges uh, filed against him, often for violating his probation. So in e- for each one of these things, especially the five years of probation he got after the Rihanna beating, he has he has routinely violated the probation, oftentimes by smaller stuff, not violent stuff, yeah, like leaving the area, that sort yeah. of things. But and then there's also sometimes, like because his name keeps popping up in the news, remember he had, had an issue with his neighbors because he was putting graffiti on his house yes. that's what he likes to do and yes. like oh like he's just this troublemaker some of these right. are some of these are ridiculous ridiculous things uh, although he did some bring upon this on himself sure. because he made himself a but, target but that's it but the thing is yes. if, if the Rihanna thing had never happened yes. say it didn't and all these other things did no one would really think a he's, whole lot about he's it he's Justin Bieber yeah, had Rihanna yeah. not happened, he's Justin Bieber. He's sort of like petulant child kind of thing. Right, right, and, right. and also, bear in mind, not that it excuses everything, but he kind of was. He was a teenager when the yeah, Rihanna thing no, happened. We, we've was seen Too Rich Too Soon. very, very young, and yeah. does seem to be in a much better place in 2022 so, so that's, he was. that's just it. So we've seen Too Rich Too Soon from musicians and actors and athletes forever, right? They get too much money and too much fame too early. They and he was, he was anointed as basically the second coming of Michael Jackson right. when he was 16, 17 years old. That's and, a lot. And so he, like Bieber and many before him, act like a total jackass, which he's done. But he does have the Rihanna thing at the outset, and that sort of has colored everything that's happened since. And by his own doing, we're not going to give him a pass at all. But I think Kelly Rowland has a point at the end of the day that it's been 13 years. It's frankly been a number of years since the stuff that we're talking about now, since his other stuff. It's been four or five years since any of that bad stuff has happened. Is it time to simply say, Chris Brown's a brilliant artist. We know what happened in the past. We never have to turn a blind eye to it, but it's time to be happy for him when he wins stuff. Well, and, and it's, it's, there's so many artists. It is funny. It, it comes down to the individual. There are certainly, pe- for some people, just beating Rihanna, that in itself is unforgivable. Sure. And that's very understandable. If people yeah. can never get past that, I get it. Right. But, you know, some people can forgive. That's, that's the thing. It comes down to the art. Can you, and even if you don't like him, can you enjoy his music? Yeah. And that's, you know, the, the art versus the artist question, because there are so many artists who are very problematic that we have no problem listening to. Yeah. Elvis had a huge biopic. He started dating his wife when she was th- 14. Yeah. Phil Spector, we listen to his Christmas music every year. He shot a woman in the face. Yeah. <laughs> like, there are lots of very, very problematic people. Uh, and I, we give I, them I com- passes. I completely agree. We, we give them passes recognizing that we're, we're listening to the music, or in my case, I'm a huge Woody Allen fan, watching the movies in spite of it. Not, not you know, yeah. not because we forgive him or we forgive them or whatever it is. But is there a point where it goes too far? Like, how do we feel about R. Kelly or Harvey Weinstein? Are we able to enjoy and, the product they make? I mean, look, and, th- and that's up to each individual person. Yeah. If, if a movie comes on that I love and I see the, the Weinstein Brothers uh, logo uh, come out at the, at yeah. the top, I'm not going to turn it off. I want to be honest with you. Uh, I'm yeah, just there not were some going good to. movies that came out of that company. Yeah, there, there were. There, there were some great movies. He's being enriched by them, presumably. You know, yeah. as as R. Kelly is, if you listen to his music, he's being enriched by this. Now, yeah. there are monetary judgments and court cases against him, so the money might actually go to the victim, so maybe you can justify it in that way. But I think ultimately it comes down for the vast majority of people, except for those folks who are truly, you know, true to themselves and true to their word, which I give them full credit, yeah. that we just listen and watch what we like. And, and, and the thing is... 
clearly the majority of people have forgiven Chris Brown because he won the whole. This all came up because he won the American Music Award for favorite male R and B artist. Yes. The American Music Awards are not like the Grammys. This is not like a governing body deciding what's good and what isn't. This is the public. Right. The, the people vote on this. And he's still very successful and very popular. And he's having hits now at a, you know, more often than he did since before the beating. Is he, is he accepted by, by so, so Michael Jackson and a hundred others have been accepted by a, the public, not just the young folks who listen to the most music, but also older people. And also they become ubiquitously known throughout society. He's, he's not going to reach those levels, but is he accepted outside of a core musical oh, audience? Absolutely. That, yeah. He has huge pop hits. He has uh-huh. R&B hits. He's got his fan base. And then he's got every once in a while he'll put a song out that just clicks. And because the, the thing is, too, and this is why it becomes, I think, complicated for some people, even if you morally have an issue with it, there's no denying Chris Brown's incredibly talented. Yes. He is an amazing singer. He's an amazing dancer and performer, you know, if you like his songs or not. But it's not like he's this hack that you can just be like, oh, it's right. easy to dismiss somebody you don't care about in the first place. Right. I always remember a story when, when Michael Jackson was going through his 2003 trial. It was around the same time the R. Kelly P tape came out. Okay. Michael Jackson released a song called One More Chance that nobody's ever heard of, and it flopped. R. Kelly at the same time released Ignition Remix. Uh-huh. And I remember seeing an interview with a, a radio station guy who was playing R. Kelly but not Michael Jackson. And they said, you know, in your mind, what's the difference here? Why can you defend one, not the other? And the guy says... To be honest, R. Kelly dropped a hot song and Michael didn't. Yeah, there and, you go. And that's what it comes down that's to. That's all you need to know. Yeah. And, and we can judge our society for it, but it is what it is. We just like people who do good things. And yeah. We like successful and good, good music so, and movies. Yeah, I, I think this is a question that will never go away with Chris Brown. Let's talk about somebody else who people yeah. are trying to cancel desperately. <laughs> Elon Musk. So Elon Musk, yeah. so, so TMZ obtained a video that we published this morning of Elon Musk. It's a Zoom call in which he's speaking to employees. Elon Musk has made a lot about, in his efforts to tiptoe into the waters of uh, content moderation, what do we do? Is, is Twitter really going to be this just like, you know, area of excess where anybody can say anything? It's the wild, wild west. Which everybody thought was what he was planning to do. He quickly pulled back on that. It's, it's, it, you can't have a platform where that kind of thing happens. It'll become unsustainable yeah. and it will turn everybody off. So he's, And it's financially risky. And it's financially risky and advertisers won't play a part, that sure. whole thing. Right. So he says in order to quell kind of the, the, these concerns, says, I'm going to start up this content moderation campaign council and they will have authority over what can and cannot be posted and when there's a, su- a, a, a suspect post or a controversial post they'll take a look at it and based upon the guidelines that we've set out they will make a determination not so much <laughs> in this video that we got he is speaking to his employees and he's saying sure there's a content moderation council but do not be fooled at the end of the day I make the decision alone. Yeah. The Content Moderation Council is just simply there. They can guide me. They can give me advice, but yeah. I and make the decisions. doesn't have to listen to them. Right. And, of course, he owns it outright. He can do whatever he wants. So that's the question. But it, it seems he yeah. cannot be happy this video's out. Right. Because so many people, and, and people are, I know that people are saying, like, engagement with Twitter's up right now because people want to see, you know, watch it burn down. Yeah. But people are leaving. Lots yes. of people are leaving Twitter. And advertisers are fleeing it. So a lot of it's because people think Elon is just going to let it become whatever. So he puts this sort of Band-Aid on it saying, yeah, I'm going to have this council. Like, you think there's going to be, okay, some kind of, you know, multi-voiced council deciding. So it's like a reasonable place, right, with reasonable decision makers. Okay, well, there's going to be some oversight. And then he just goes and says, nah, no, not really. (laughs) It's it's really remarkable. You remember uh, uh, Mark Zuckerberg 
set up a similar council because he, but he wanted to sort of set it up as this, this body that could stand by itself. So if you have criticism for any content, it's not me, Mark Zuckerberg. It's not even the company Twitter. We have this independent council that makes these decisions based on criteria that are very public facing. Yeah. So we're all doing, and so Elon Musk sort of tries to assume that same kind of thing. But immediately, like, kicks himself right in the nuts right, yeah. because he says, well, you know, in a public video. Now in a video I mean, I'm not really going to have to listen to him if I don't want to. Right, exactly. Not even – I mean, he's, he even comes out and says – he even says to them something to the effect of, let's not be fooled. Yeah. We're not paying attention to that. If I don't like, I'm the decision maker, and I appoint these people to the council, which is something else he says. Yeah. He says, I'm the one that appoints them. I'm the one that's going to tell them what to do, and I'm the final decision maker here. On the one hand, he's clearly a hypocrite, and he's getting caught with the pants down a little bit. On the other hand, it's his company. He's the one that ponied up $44 billion yeah. for it. And it's not a public company. He doesn't sell shares. He doesn't answer to anybody. This is right. And this is not his persona. Yes, He is right. not the, let me sit down and you know listen. He's, he got where he is by making bold decisions and bold moves, and that's worked for him very well in life. So why would he doubt that? That's a, that's a thing with a lot of CEOs is they're like, my way is the right way. Right. And and when they become successful enough, no one can tell them no. That's right. So why would they listen to anybody? But it goes back to the point that you made at the beginning, which is the fact that this is out can't be good news for him because he's having such a tough time courting advertisers. And yeah. I think this whole thing with this content moderation council was an effort to to bring those advertisers back in the fold and say there's going to be reasonable oversight to this thing. And now we know that's just not true. And yeah. it's just Elon Musk's vehicle for Elon Musk and his and, arrogance and knows no bounds. This is anecdotal, but so much of my feed now has become people telling you where to follow them on other platforms. Oh, interesting. And they're like, oh, go to Hive, go to Mastodon, go to this, go to that. And they're showing their accounts and how to find them and how to follow each other. Yeah. And presumably if those things get up and running, they will delete their Twitter accounts. So it's really interesting. So so we've got the, the other players, Truth Social and some others, and Parlay, right? That's, I think that's uh, a, Parler, yeah. Parler. Uh, Parler, yeah. <laughs> Parler, that's another one. And, and there's these other sites. None of them have any traction at all. None no. of them have nearly the user base Twitter does because Twitter, Twitter's really unique. People hate it, but they can't stay away from it. Um, and, and Twitter wasn't, like, like Truth Social is a very specific, it's Donald yeah, Trump's platform. You right. know what that is. And if you're not interested in that, you're not going to go there. Twitter, for all of its, you know, insanity... It's, it is for anybody. Right. And it's a public square for yeah. everybody. And Truth Social was not. Parler is not. I don't know about, I, I think Mastodon's pretty yeah. liberal, so a lot of people are not going to go to that. Got it. Got it. So so there there still is an opportunity for Twitter. I, I, I can't help think but that Elon Musk is going to have to sell it, though, Probably. to get its credibility back. And it's still insanely valuable. That brand name alone, putting aside profitability, putting aside any of that, the brand name alone is worth tens of billions of dollars. I don't think it's worth the 44, and Forbes has come out and said it's not worth nearly the 44 no. million that Elon Musk paid for it, but it's worth tens of billions of dollars. He could flip it, lick his wounds, but that's not who he is, right? No, he has it, that it, Trump-esque kind of like, well, I will well, never admit partly, defeat. He's kind of firing everybody up, and maybe this is helping with the engagement, but he's such a troll at heart. Yeah. So when people are coming to him with legitimate issues, he responds as a troll. Right. And it's kind of funny for a while, but that will get, like with Donald yeah. Trump, it gets tiresome and gets old and people move on. Yeah, and engagement is great. It's good that for him that that, that, that engagement is up and that the number of users are up. Unless you can monetize them, it doesn't mean anything. You're just speaking, yeah. into a va you're speaking to a lot of people who are not paying you any and, money for it. And, and that surge right now is a blip that's not sustainable. Right, right, right. Go, sticking with the idea of cancel culture, are Todd and uh, <laughs> Julie Chrisley totally canceled now? Yeah, partly by the government. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, Chrisley Knows Best is done. The shows are canceled, which of course they are because the stars are going to prison. Yeah. Uh, sentencing came in for Todd and Julie Chrisley in their uh, tax evasion and fraud case. Uh, he is going to be doing 12 years in prison. She is doing seven. Uh, that's a lot. But you're the lawyer here, so... That is he, a lot he of was time. Acu- he was found guilty of defrauding a bank to get loans for millions of dollars and then not reporting that income. Correct? That's right. So so he was he, the, the allegations were that he made false statements to a bank in order to obcha- obtain uh, uh, loans uh, based on false financial documents. So, You'll so fake it till you make it. Fake it till you make <laughs> it, right? It's, it's actually exactly what the Trump organization is accused of doing. Exactly. It's interesting in the parallel. It's exactly what. You're, you're at the one hand claiming that you have a ton of money to obtain loans and collateral to obtain loans. On the other hand, saying to the government that you don't have this money in order to avoid paying taxes. Right. So, and this happens all the time, right? You're saying one thing to want somebody in, in the government, when they find out about this, you're clearly engaged in tax evasion, right? You're clearly hiding assets that why, you have in order to get people, these loans. Why do people do this? Oh. You know, going back to Al Capone, yeah. we know this, anybody that seems untouchable, this is what always gets them. You <laughs> yeah. can do a lot of things, but you yeah. can't take money from the government. They I, will get you. I think if Todd and Julia listen to this, they're delighted because we've now mentioned them in the light of <laughs> Al Capone, Donald Trump, and Todd and Julie Chrisley. <laughs> right. Um, so, the, yeah, the, it's 12 years is a long time for tax evasion, yeah, is, is by the way. It's a huge that? sentence. But it, it means that Is the, it because it's also the, the bank fraud? Is it the, kind of the combining yes, of the things? It's the crimes are particularly egregious. The amount of money at stake was particularly large, and they were particularly cavalier with the entire enterprise. There was no, there was no effort or no ability on their part to sort of say, look, we made a mistake. We didn't know that we were overvaluing and undervaluing. They were yeah. caught red-handed with this. Uh, the and feds knew exactly what they were doing, and they, they knew what they were doing. They went the on time. with another season of their reality show. I know, it's that, great. That, when you're the government, and you say, like, not seeming contrite yeah. about what you've done, eh, we got to keep filming our show during house arrest. Right, although no. you got to make money somehow. But yeah, oh. they did it. They, they actually featured their house arrest as a, as, a, as a threat of the last season of the show, or yeah. the last season and a half of the show. And, uh, I mean, you can't help avoid it. And I, if, if I'm them, I'm like, well, I need to pay something. I mean, they, yeah. they have kids. They want to take care of them. The whole thing is bananas, though. I mean, this is this is two people who <coughs> excuse me, came from very little, made a lot of money, and then squandered it, and then some. It, it, it is, yeah, mm-hmm. a spectacular rise and fall there. Uh, do you think they'll serve the whole time? I mean, uh, yeah, federal prison, you're going to serve the whole time. Oof, yeah, 100% of the time. That's rough. Take it away with the Power Rangers star, if you would. Oh, this is uh, very sad. Uh, Jason David Frank, uh, the green Power Ranger, a lot of people are very upset about this, grew up with that, uh, uh, committed suicide um, at the age of 49, and now we know that uh, he did this after an argument with his estranged wife, Tammy. They were going through a divorce. Uh, that's it, it, There's not much more to the story here. What's yeah. remarkable to, to people of my age, and I know Harvey, who's a lot older than me, re- <laughs> reacts to this, stunned with the uh, traffic that the story has received, the engagement that it's received, it's hard to imagine how big the Power Rangers were so, unless you grew up but th- but with that's, them around you. To that point, you know, obviously Harvey didn't grow up with the Power Rangers. Yep. But he know he's heard of them. Yes. That's when, true. When something like that, you know, like I don't have children, but I know what Peppa Pig is. Right. Because certain things get so big, everybody it's, knows what they are, whether right. you watch that or watch it or not, or have any engagement with it. Right. But, yeah. The Power Rangers, like it's you know, and I, I'm I'm a nerd. Uh, I, I was not a Power Rangers guy. I was a little too old for that. But but I know, like I, you know, I have my social media is a lot of nerds, uh-huh. and I saw like a lot of people very, very devastated by this. Yeah, it, it really is. You know, we obviously a lot of death here at TMZ, and it is 
fascinating to watch the engagement depending on who it is who's died. And when you see somebody like this, who I personally was not familiar with, I certainly knew of the Power Rangers. I know what's um, what's the guy who became like a seven hundred fifty million dollars? He invented the Power Rangers. Uh, shoot. Oh, uh, Heim Saban. Yeah, Heim yeah. Saban uh, became one of the most powerful people in Hollywood. Based first on the Power Rangers. He, yeah. he invented the Power Rangers, he created them, and he became, and now I think he's a billionaire because he's gone on and parlayed his money into many, many other things. But it's it's remarkable how big they were. And, um, you know, his death, it affects people. And it's of remarkable and, the and engagement we've had to the story. Especially these circumstances. Now, he had four children. Yes. Uh, you know, he, 49, yes. he was not that old. It's, it's just sad. It's a sad story. And for somebody who, not just that you loved as a child, but was a hero to you. Yeah. It's 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 heartbreaking. It is heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking, and I think that that we're seeing that played out in the number of people who are identifying with the story and commenting on it and the whole thing. Uh, last thing, what I'm going to talk about, Eric. I know you're not a huge sports guy, but <laughs> the biggest sporting event in the world by far, the biggest in the Olympics by a million miles, yeah. is the World Cup every four years. Uh, everybody in the world is a Lionel Messi fan. Rooting for him, it's his fine. It's a swan song at the World Cup. He's thirty, mid thirties, thirty six years old or something like that. Still, arguably one of the top two or three greatest players in the world. His beloved Argentina, the team he's played for, the only trophy he's never won, never really come close to, is the World Cup. And they lost to Saudi Arabia. It is, people have said, the biggest upset in the history of sport. No, come, today. come on. That has been come said on. today. What about, uh, the, what about the Miracle on Ice, the hockey the game? The Miracle on Ice Olympics. is big. That's big. That's second That's now. big. Well, that was, yeah, <laughs> f- fair enough. They've been out, they've been beaten by the Saudis. Um, yeah. It's a, it's a remarkable upset. If you follow uh, football at all, soccer at all, uh, you realize that Saudi Arabia is, that there are certain teams from every continent that are allowed to join, uh, that, that are allowed are invited to the World Cup. That's how the U.S. makes it over some European teams that we probably couldn't beat um, yeah. because we're in the North American, South American pool, and they, you know, then, then you have teams from the Middle East. And there are two or three teams in the Middle East, and they have no real soccer traditions. They are largely defeated in the, you know, in the group stages. Yeah. Saudi beating the world powerhouse Argentina, one of the top five teams in the world year in and year out, and defeating Lionel Messi... Now, it's not an automatic elimination. They have their work to do. It's a, You have to play three games in group stage. They probably have to win both of their second and third games in order to advance to the knockout stage. But nevertheless, in the world of sport, certainly in the world of, of soccer, this is as big as it well, gets. I, I don't follow it, but even I knew like Argentina was favored. Yes. Like, everyone they're was like, well, they're going to win. They're going to yeah. win. And then, yeah, to be knocked out. Yeah. Uh, it'd be, it's, you know, if, it, for the Saudi Arabian team, if, if, you know, when Disney makes a movie of this someday. Yeah. It's kind of problematic too. The whole yeah. everything in Cutter and and all yeah. the issues. How do they how are they going to do that someday? Yeah, I don't eh, think they're gonna, yeah, they're maybe gonna, we don't see that movie. Right. I don't know. Uh, by the way, if you ever want some real fun, go talk to Harvey's assistant Gio, who, as you know, is born and raised in Italy. Yeah. Because uh, Italy didn't even make the World Cup field for the second time in a row, <laughs> which is the great national embarrassment. So just ask him. Say, hey, her uh, Messi lost. It's crazy. He's a huge story. He'll engage you and say, how's Italy doing? And just just to see his face drop. <laughs> just to set I, him up. Just I, to I, shut him down. I do it all the time. You're an awful person. I know. All right, guys. Thanks very much. Uh, see you. Come